0: This is a Triple J podcast. Hey, we're back into it. This is the Shake Up on Hack. I'm Dave Marchese, rounding out another big week of news. We're looking at some of the other news that made headlines this week. Got people talking, maybe not the biggest stories that we've covered on Hack over the past few days, but interesting ones that you saw pop up and thought, oh, I don't know about that. Here's a bit of a taste of what's coming up.
1: Hack. California is leading the charge in a lawsuit filed by dozens of states against the world's most popular social media company. Just because they're your
2: friends, it does not mean that they're <sighs> entitled to your free labor.
3: A new dating app feature on Tinder lets your parents swipe
0: for you on triple jack yeah would you trust your parents to take control of your dating life also another thing we're talking about if you're someone that's always being asked by mates if you can help them out do a bit of work for them for free maybe you're a tradie an artist a mechanic we're asking when do you charge your friends like when have you had to finally say to them nah sorry you're gonna have to pay me for that work. It's too much. We're getting into all that soon. Want to hear your stories? Send them in on the text line oh four three nine seven five seven triple five. But first, we we've got to get to know the Shake Up crew. And first off, got a great guest. You'll know her from the Big Small Talk podcast, Sarah Jane Adams. Welcome to the ha- Welcome to the Shake Up.
3: Hi, thank you for having me. How's
0: the weekend looking?
3: It's looking busy. I've got a Halloween party on tomorrow night. Oh, a bit of a
0: costume. I'm actually in a tuxedo right now, so I feel like I've done Halloween a bit early. Everyone's like, why are you in a tuxedo? I don't know. Sometimes I just like to dress up. Josh Garland, you know
1: what that's like. Yeah, I love dressing up, uh, especially (laughs) being a grown man going to a Perth Wildcats game dressed as a cat. Oh, Um, is that what's on the agenda? That's my one thing to do today. Um, <laughs> I've got to go by a face paint, head there and try and get on the broadcast. It's a simple thing. Uh, but yeah, how are you going?
0: I'm good. This is Josh Garlop from the Kick It Forward podcast,
1: obviously. Has it been a big week, Josh? Yeah, it's been a big week. It's been a beautiful week in uh, in lovely Perth. I'm over here, especially after being in Melbourne. So um, yeah, lots, on, lots to build towards the summer of cricket. We have a sports podcast, obviously. Everyone always says that
0: from WA, they're like, oh, it's so beautiful. The weather's so beautiful over here. It's, it's really- <laughs> all we got, Dave. <laughs> I'm sure it's good. I'm sure it's good. Hey, we got so much to talk about. Heaps of you already hitting yourself on the text line. Let's go. Hack.
1: We must protect our children online and we will not back down.
0: On Triple J. When you look back at your life on social media, how has it been? Like, it's so much a part of life now that we don't really think too much about it how it's influenced us inspired us or harmed us but that's the big focus of a lawsuit in the united states dozens of states in america are suing meta the owner of instagram and facebook for the damage that it's done to young people saying meta's contributed to a mental health crisis and when we spoke about it earlier this week a lot of you said about time. Ha!
3: Some breaking news to tell you about. 33 attorneys general from across the United States are now suing Meta. The suit claims that Meta purposely designs its platforms to target kids and teens with addictive features taking a toll on their mental health.
1: We have evidence that Meta knew the like button leads teenagers to compulsively engage with the platform.
3: In a statement, Meta said it was disappointed that instead of working productively with companies, the attorneys general have chosen this path.
1: They target things that benefit them as a business, knowing that it really affects these young people.
0: On Triple Jack. Do you think the big platforms need to take more responsibility for their impact on mental health? If you live with depression, anxiety, insomnia, do you put any of that down to social media? The time you spend on it? What you're seeing on it? Or maybe you think this is ridiculous, that it's not up to the platforms to take responsibility for this. I'm keen to hear what you think. You can message in 0439 757 You can call in to 1300 Let's get into it with the Shake Up crew. We've got Sarah-Jane Adams from the Big Small Talk pod and Josh Garlop from the Kick It Forward podcast. Sarah, pretty huge news out of the United States this week. All of those states in America getting together to sue Meta. What do you think about this legal action?
3: I was a bit conflicted on this one. I think it's interesting what the complaint brings up, and that is that Meta is using algorithms and technologies that's purposefully manipulating, to an extent, Mm, I'd say, um, young people. And I think that they're doing that purposefully. And I think that's especially tough when young people are so susceptible and to, you know, needing uh, to be uh, approved or yeah. looking for likes and I, it seems like a bit of a cheap shot, is, I think. It's
0: interesting. <laughs> that's what the lawsuit is kind of saying. It's saying that the social media companies have specifically... Uh, created these apps, these platforms to prey on the dopamine responses from young people, and that's what they're going to really be focusing on. Josh, what about you? Do you think it's fair to hold these big platforms responsible for mental health impacts on young
1: people? I think yes, is the short answer. I think... Everyone likes using social media for its core original reason for finding content, and I'm a bit I'm a bit of a hypocrite on one page because we make online content, but at the same time. If it's one person and their entire, the entire design of this app is to force you to stay on the app, fine, okay? They might put something in place. So, hey, these are some nice limitations you can put on the app to, so you yourself can pull yourself away. But when it's a 1,000 software engineers working for 10 years to make something as addictive as possible and all you want to do is see your friend's new dog – but you're, you have these shit memes and repeated uh, like uh, husband and wife memes on and on and on. Yeah, memes are great. I love them. I, I make shit ones too. But, <laughs> you know, it actually has fallen so far in the favour of the developer that I, I think there should be some sort of at least intervention slightly because for me to go on the app and have to press uh, following just to see people I know, that, that's, that's probably gone too far I think in that regard and I can understand why people say it is addictive
0: I mean, you guys both spend a lot of time on social media. Obviously, your work surrounds it as well. Sarah, have there been times when you're thinking, I don't like how this is making me feel. I don't feel comfortable with how much I rely on it.
3: Yeah, absolutely. I think my screen time is alarming, to be honest. Um, But it's
0: just normal as well. Like, you know what I mean?
3: It is. And I think, you know, I think I've always had a bit of a love-hate relationship with social media. I mean, when when Instagram first came out, when I mean, social media first took off, I was like 14, 15. It was like Tumblr was the big thing. So, yeah. like, yeah, <laughs> I, I have a visceral reaction to Birdie's at Birdie songs now. Um, but <laughs> um, yeah, I think it's it's so ingrained and it's so hard to switch off and especially when you know how damaging it is but you're like i can't i'm i'm addicted yeah
0: (laughs) josh do you think this is something that guys don't talk much about like what what do you ever talk about this with your mates in terms of the impacts of social media
1: how much time you're spending on it i think i think we talk about it in our like work setting for the guys i work with because i'll be saying, hey, how come this isn't done yet? And I think focus is a big thing. There's a book by Johan Hari called Stolen Focus. It came out like two years ago, and it talks about how reduced the focus is for people now with just these apps constantly pushing for your focus. And I actually really struggle with that now. I have to leave my room, the phone in the other room to get through a task that requires more than three minutes focus. And this is like everyone in the workplace right now, apparently, um, are dealing with this. And I think it really impacts creativity too because... My belief is you need wandering thought to come up with connections, to connect things together. And sometimes just having this constant stream of, of video or whatever. completely removes that, in my opinion.
0: We've got someone, and just, oh, I just should say that we actually interviewed Johan Hari on Hack uh, last year. It's fascinating chat. People can find it on the podcast, but he has some really good tactics about what you can do to break those habits, Josh. Like, you know, locking your phone up in a box when people come around to dinner and stuff. I was like, oh, it seems a bit dramatic. He's (laughs) like, he does it, apparently. He says he does it. On the text line, someone says, I've deleted Instagram and TikTok because the addiction's awful for my depression, but every app now features addictive short videos. You can't escape it. Another person says, yes, every second video in my meta feed is shooting or violent videos and comments everywhere or scams, fraud. They Mm. they must do something. They created these issues. Another thing we talked about on Hack this week was digital activism and we were hearing about how to figure out when the information you're seeing, because we're bombarded with information, especially at a time like this when we're seeing so much happening in the Middle East. There's misinformation, disinformation, Propaganda. How do you figure out what is true, what's not? And how do you be comfortable sharing things knowing you're not adding to the misinformation war out there? Sarah, a lot of people think digital activism is a bit of a waste of time. What's your take on it?
3: I don't think it's a waste of time. I think I think social media can be super, super powerful, and we've seen that in so many cases. Like Helping the Syrian refugees. We've seen this in getting different information and context out about what's happening in Israel and Gaza. I think it definitely has its place. I think it gets dangerous when it becomes performance activism. And I think it gets dangerous when it's misinformation. And that is really, really, really hard to cut through. We've seen that, I mean, in what's happening in Israel. We saw, you know, Justin Bieber post a photo on his stories of saying with Israeli flags, and people have to be like, that's Gaza, not Israel. Like it's really hard to cut through, but I, I still think there's a place for it.
0: Yeah. Josh, have you noticed a lot of mates, people in your networks, sharing stuff around this war in particular or not really?
1: Yeah, I, I think there's definitely an interest with it because overall there's innocent lives being lost on both sides. So I think in Australia, or from my friends anyway, it's it's there's a somewhat confusion because of the blurred lines on especially the social media campaigns. We saw it with the Russia-Ukraine things as well. It's been covered pretty heavily on, like, Media Watch the whole time through. Mm. And I think overall the one thing I'm hearing from Australians is, like, this sympathy for these people that are innocently dying.
0: Let's go to someone who's called up now. Sarah's on the line. Sarah, what's your take on social media, how it's impacting people's lives?
2: Well, I, I think there's a bit of a comparison and parallel you can really draw between... As social media and smoking. Like, initially, smoking was really considered to be, you know, quite hip, quite cool, and suddenly, years and years down the line, lots of research has finally let us know how detrimental it is to our health.
1: Okay. Social
2: media, same thing. Like, you know, it, it could be necessarily the same thing that we're only now starting to find the implications of, uh, you know, the, the negative implications of it on our mental health.
0: And what's, yeah. what's your relationship with social media, Sarah? Like, do you find that you need to take big breaks from it or do you think you're pretty good at um, sorting out how much time you spend on it?
2: Yeah, I uh, have pretty limited use of it. I used to use it a lot, but I, I research social media quite a lot because yeah. uh, I, I am a researcher and I just can see how negative uh, it is to my, yeah, my own personal health and as well as the impact it has on other people, so yeah. yeah.
0: Well, look, a lot of people are backing that up on the text line. Someone says the business model needs to be banned. No more free apps in exchange for eyeball time subscription only. That's someone's opinion there. Another person says the ability of tech platforms to stimulate dopamine is essentially creating an addictive substance, kind of what we just heard there. And if companies abuse their use of addictive substances, they should be punished. Lots of stuff there. If you want to find out a bit more about this story as well, Hacks Instagram has got a really interesting explainer on it. Has its response. It's obviously saying, look, we feel like we're doing enough to target these issues. We don't think a lawsuit from a bunch of states in America is going to solve this. But hey, time to move on.
2: Hack! Stop
0: asking your friends for
2: free shit on Triple J.
0: (laughs) When do your friends take the friendship too far? Mates' rates turns into a bit of free labor. All of a sudden you're fixing their car, painting their house, giving medical advice. Where do you draw the line? How do you charge a friend for a professional favor? Hack. I just want to talk about devaluing your friends. If they're an artist, don't
2: ask them to make things for you for free.
3: DIY weddings are in full swing again. Her cousin did the photography, her in-laws brought glassware and chairs, another friend brought a cake. DIY is a good idea if you think time of your friends and your family is free, but that's a cost as well, your labor. How do I get them to see that I can no longer give out freebies?
0: You are not my friend oh. if you are asking me to discount my value. On Triple J. So what do you think? Do you agree that when it comes to friends, you're just going to have to donate your time and skills? It's part of a deal of friendship. Or... You got no problem charging your mate's top dollar for work I don't know let me know have you ever had a particularly awkward experience with a friend over this work relationship please tell us you can call in one three hundred oh triple five three six you can message in as well oh four three nine seven five seven triple five already hearing from people on the text line someone says if you're doing work for your friends and they aren't keeping tabs or offering to pay, then they aren't very good friends. Another person says the only time you should charge your mates for tradie work is if it impedes on normal work hours or they're not paying you in beers. Happy to help when people need help. Makes society way cooler. Let's get into this with the Shake Up crew. We've got podcasters Josh Garlop and Sarah Jane Adams. Josh... Are you the kind of person who's always hitting up mates for things or are you
1: <laughs> – I
0: think you are. No, I don't know. Are you?
1: I, I, I actually – a lot of our friends and family appear in our sort of like uh, our video content. Oh, I'd forgotten about around. that actually. And it's, <laughs> a bit, it's a bit easier to have them around but we, we try to remunerate them whenever we can um, or it's like helping people move house. So I helped my, my mate Jimmy move house and it was 41 degrees It's about two years ago and I rocked up and none of the boxes have been packed. Oh. So this four bedroom house we were moving for like nine hours. No. So he helps us out sometimes and I always have that to work back. I think I think what I think there's something great in Australia for the the volunteering nature at like sports clubs and then also helping out friends for you know just for the sake of it. so I, i'm I'm all for it if it means like you know it'll come back down the track.
0: That's interesting. Someone on the text line says I'm a therapist and had a mate who was a sparky. He charged me just to install a couple of light switches that I paid for. Then he was going through a messy separation and would always call me to chat, especially when his mental health was bad. After the second time he charged me, I stopped taking his calls. My trade's not seen the same as a Sparky, so I can't charge. Interesting point. SJ, what do you think? Is it okay to ask your friends to do something for free?
3: I think it depends... I think it does depend. I think, for example, if you are a photographer and there's a wedding happening and your friend goes, oh, can you can you <laughs> photograph this? You're going to be like, no, that's yeah. my profession. I would lean more towards offering a mate's rate. Okay. If it's your profession and it's going to take and it, like the time and the energy goes into it, I would be probably more inclined to be like, absolutely love to help. I'll give you
0: half but Sarah, price. I was going to ask about mates rates. What do you think of those? Like, if you're going to a friend for something, do you expect that you're going to get a massive discount? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like, oh, I
3: know. Like, who's listening? <laughs> uh, no, I wouldn't. I I would always offer to pay. I think. Okay. Um, If it's, you know, if they're a therapist or if they're a photographer or whatever it is, I get that that's that's their living.
0: Okay. On the text line, someone else says, I always pay my friend's top price unless they offer a discount or get trade discounts. Hmm. What about when it's not actually work? Kind of like what Josh was talking about before, the chores, the helping move mm. or like, oh, can you feed and walk my dog for a month? Or can you go water my plants <laughs> while I'm away? That kind of thing. Do you think it's ever okay to say, Josh, no, I actually won't do that. I don't want to do
1: it. I think full empowerment to you to say no if it's an outrageous <laughs> ara- outrageous comment. I, you know, the thing too is you're forgetting, Sarah, exposure. Think of the exposure for that photographer to do their mate's wedding for free. Oh, God, you forget Real. about that. You can fill up your car with exposure. Oh, you can eat it when it's you're.
0: so useful in this um, day and age, in this cost of living crisis. We <laughs> you're need right. more exposure. You're right. The interesting thing about that, though, is this has all come out of a story we did earlier this week on weddings and people you know, facing lots of cost pressures, deciding, oh, we're going to do everything ourselves Mm. and getting their friends and family involved and saying, hey, can you do the catering? Can you take the pictures? Can you do that? Can you do that? So people are doing Mm. it. They're not afraid to ask. Someone on the text line says, I'm a plumber and I use the barter system. I can swap my labour for your labour or something I need from you. That was from Daniel. Another person says, I'm a professional artist and usually friends are wanting to pay my rates and tips, but my family experience, expect everything for free and ask for favours a lot. That's an interesting one. Does it all change, Sarah, when it's your family?
3: I think it does depend. Yeah, maybe that's another layer to this. Uh, how close are you
0: to them, <laughs> to be honest? How good a friend are you? and Hobart says, I'm a musician and I wouldn't play at an event for my friends for free because I struggle so much financially, but I would feel obliged to give them a mates rate discount. That's what a lot of people are saying on the text line someone else i'm a doctor and i will not give medical advice to friends and family if they don't ask how i am or what i'm up to first mm, okay that's a good that's, rule i mean at least we know the way to get free stuff just be like oh how are you doing yeah anyway i've got this thing that needs sorting out um you both kind of work with friends as well like sarah josh how have you found that josh your situation working with your mates is it tricky did people warn you against it
1: Uh, yeah, yeah. They, um, I don't know if you ever heard of the great cricketer guys. They've, they've given me a lot of advice about it. It's the hardest thing is a group dynamic is to keep together. Um, I'm really fortunate that I guess the financial pressure in Perth is a bit easier than being in Sydney. Yeah. (laughs) Like trying to buy a house and we're at that stage where we don't have kids yet or anything like that. So it's a lot easier, but, um, it definitely muddies the water as soon as you get a big check and then people are like. Oh, um, so I did 33%. I want that. And then, you know, it does, it needs to be spoken about really soon. Otherwise, it gets very, very complicated.
0: Yeah, that's true. Someone on the text line, Jimmy says, if you're a real mate, you should know mates' rates means full price. It shows you want to support and value that person. Hmm. Yes. Interesting. Sarah, what's your relationship like working with friends? Do you, do you mind that dynamic?
3: I don't mind that dynamic. I've been really lucky with Hannah. I can see how things could get dicey between friends though. I get it. But I was also, I'm also like, maybe I'm speaking too soon. Hannah and I actually only met about four months ago starting this podcast. Oh, really? Yeah. So, um... Who knows she... <laughs> who knows what could happen? <laughs> Stay
0: tuned, I'd say. <laughs> <laughs> it's all, uh, uh, you know, open book. Who knows? Someone <laughs> says, cat sitting for the week, wasn't expecting anything. Uh, when you showed up, there was a bottle of wine and a full fridge of food for me. That was really nice. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, it's just making people feel valued, you know? And someone else says, never be a gardener. Okay, so obviously that's a really tricky situation to negotiate. People hitting gardeners up all the time. I'm so sorry to hear that. Speaking of mates doing work for you. Hey, Bestie
3: dating is
0: about to become so much more fun and we're all going to find someone for cuffing season with Tinder's new matchmaker feature.
3: Now you can let
2: your friends and family swipe for you.
0: No one's asking for this. Nobody wants it, but this is what Tinder matchmaker (laughs) is doing. On Triple Jack. Would you trust your friends to take control of your dating life? Maybe you haven't had a heap of luck, so you think, oh, I will let my mates, my colleagues, maybe even your parents, do all the hard work for you. Because Tinder's announced this matchmaking feature which lets friends and family of users look at and recommend matches. I'm interested to know, if you've ever handed over your dating destiny to friends or family, did it work? Or was it a massive fail? Either way, success, failure. I want to hear about it. Call in 1300 055536. You can message in too, 043975755 I am keen to hear what the Shake Up guests think of this one. We're breaking it down with Sarah Jane Adams and Josh Garlett. Josh, what do you think of this? Is this a stroke of genius by Tinder or a nightmare waiting to happen?
1: Uh, as soon as I heard about this... <laughs> I was like, well, this is just going to get corrupted by horny dudes, as they have in every <laughs> online platform previously. Like, uh, I'm just picturing a guy outsourcing it to, like, uh, I don't know, somewhere, somewhere around the world, so he doesn't have to do it. Like, I think their idea might be idealistic, and then it's just immediately going to get corrupted. Because if you've seen Tinder. In the last couple of years, it's just a bloated uh, mass of, like, prompts, particularly if you're a dude, to pay more money. And guys, pay the money. And now they've got this added feature, which is no doubt going to be like, oh, you can be with your friends and family, but it's just going to be completely corrupted and it's going to be – I don't think the product is going to be any better and it's going to be either hilarious or terrible what comes out of it. Well,
0: it's interesting because Tinder is trying to really claw back a lot of the market, especially Gen Z, because they've seen a decline in users over the past few years since the pandemic. But what's interesting is Bumble and Hinge have actually grown um, a lot in that time. So Tinder's obviously trying a lot of new things out to get people in. What do you reckon, Sarah? Like, would you take your friends' advice when it comes to dating? Do you really trust what they have to say? Because even if you're really good mates with someone, you can really differ on your opinion of partners.
3: I agree. I have a rule when I'm asking for dating advice from friends, (laughs) and that is if they have been out of the dating game for two years, (laughs) they don't get a say. They don't get to say it because they, they're they out of touch. They don't understand. They, they're they going to give me some terrible advice that's going to be like, why don't you just call him? Like, oh, like you can't do that.
0: Yes, that so, doesn't work because a lot of this as well is people, <laughs> is is people who haven't date, maybe been in a relationship for a few years, for a yeah. while, and they're like, oh, let me have a look at the app. Yeah, me
3: mums. My mum's going to pick a guy just because she's going to be like, oh, he has kind eyes. And I'll be like, no.
1: <laughs> Mum, it's in you. a prison cell. You yeah. took a photo
0: Around. Josh, do you think you're a pretty good matchmaker? Have you ever played this role in the past? So you're like, oh, you would work well with you.
1: No, I never, I never ever try to do it ever. Uh, my girlfriend uh, does it all the time. It's like, you know who'd be great with your friend? <laughs> my friend. And my immediate reply is like, nah, they probably hate each other. Like, I'm, not, I'm just not being involved at all. If it happens, it happens. All right. Okay. Yeah. No, I, I try to steer clear. And I really like Sarah's rule, actually, of the two year thing, because people are pretty easy to weigh in. I remember when I was singles, they're so easy to weigh in. When you've had a pretty bad run with terrible advice, like just bloody call him, just rock up at his house at midnight. It shows he committed. These when in people. reality, yeah, it's not <laughs> the best idea.
0: Sarah, are you a bit of a matchmaker, like with friends? Do you ever do that? You or? know
3: what? I didn't used to be, but I have recently gotten to relationships, about two months old. And now that I'm. Now that I'm settled, I'm like, everyone should
0: find love. I'm,
3: I'm trying to set everyone up now. I'm You're like, like, oh, they've got kind eyes, don't
0: they? <laughs> <laughs> Less bitter. Yeah, maybe, maybe it all changes when the relationship <laughs> happens. You know, some interesting research that I was looking at has shown more and more uh, Gen Z aren't using dating apps and they're using social media to find love. So they're relying more on Instagram, and the dating apps are kind of worried about that and they're trying because people I guess find platforms like Instagram a bit more authentic maybe. Does it surprise you um, Sarah that like people are turning to traditional social media rather than the dating apps which are supposed to be really specialised for this one thing?
3: No that doesn't surprise me too much sliding into the DMs I think you can tell a lot about someone's profile and you can probably find more from someone's Instagram about Mm. them than the few random
0: prompts on a dating app, yeah. I would say. Nick from Nam says, so we step away from d- arranged marriages, but now we want to endorse our parents arranging it via <laughs> Tinder. What is going on? Somebody else says, yes, my colleague who has been married for decades, wow, was shocked I was going in two first dates in a week. Oh, okay, right. They were saying, what's going on here? They weren't familiar with the modern dating scene. Someone else says, this is a really bad idea. And another person says, All my mates are in long term relationships. They're always terrible help. Ah, <laughs> oh, do you ever try and help your friends, Josh, with the with the dating apps, your single mates? Are you like,
1: oh, here's a good <laughs> option here? Oh, I think um I think on any boys' trip or anything, there's always the single guy's sort of loading up their location of where they are, depending <laughs> on where they are. They might have done it a couple of weeks prior as well to, you know, to not have the couple of days lag so they can try and meet a local to show them around a bit. Um, I know there's always a bit of in- people inquisitive and check it out, I guess. Um, Yeah, it's always interesting to see how the dynamic works. It's a bit better in places like Paris than Kalgoorlie, though, I've noticed, yeah. (laughs) It
0: does change a little bit depending, you know, where you're logging into. Um, Sarah, do you see dating apps being like a real feature well into the future or do you think it's going to be something that, you know, in a decade's time or something, we'll be looking back on that and going, oh, that was a nice phase while it lasted, but people are over that and want real connections?
3: You know what? I think they're going to stay. I think mm-hmm. they'll evolve and I think they'll change like we're seeing with this. But I don't know. I think we've opened Pandora's box with it. I don't know if we can... like. Go out now and a guy can't speak to a girl at a bar, so they need the dating apps now.
0: it's true, it's true. Someone says, my friends are pickier than me. Lol, it'd never work. That one was from Simone. Getting a lot of messages, also messages uh, from people who are talking about their trades and their work uh, that they don't want to do for free. So many tradies who are really sick of this, who are saying... Um, I, don't, I don't want to be doing this. I, 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 Please stop asking me. I'm sick of doing all this free labour for you. Someone says, my friend asked me to help with her wedding. My partner is a celebrant and I took the photos. She turned into a complete bridezilla. <laughs> Didn't get so much as a thank you. Have not spoken to her since. Oh, it can really break up friendships, can't it? Josh, have you ever oh, had what? a friendship deteriorate over anything like this?
1: I'm really fortunate in that regard, but I do sympathise for the tradies and also the wedding, because you know, a wedding, wedding people they they work for six months of the year in wedding season, and for photography, I've been an MC like nine or ten times at weddings, and oh,
0: I was going to ask you'd get yeah. asked all the time to do MCing and hosting duties. Yeah, of
1: varied success. I think one time <laughs> I got I got way too drunk at my old housemates wedding and I just had to be carried the entire time because I couldn't verbalise words but um, other times it been great and then the people are able to get Josh to do it because we're not close enough friends to ask him to be a groomsman um, oh, but yeah so really cuts oh. deep guys alright <laughs> just chuck me a fourth groomsman every now and then
0: that's so funny, someone says I've got a cleaning business, I just offered my good friends a free bond clean, that's the best present by the way, <laughs> free bond clean due to celebrating the purchase of their new home, it's a gift, it's the least I could do, my mates aren't what I rely on to survive. That's what someone said. Another person says, I'm a tax agent and some of my in-laws only talk to me at tax time. <laughs> oh, what the hell? Okay, that is all we've got time for on the Shake Up for this week. Massive shout out to the Shake Up crew. Josh Scarlet from the Kick It Forward podcast. Thank you
1: very much for coming in. Thank you very much, Dave. Nice to hear from you, Sarah.
0: Sarah Jane Adams from the Big Small Talk pod. Thank you as well. Thanks, guys. And that is all we've got time for on the Shake Up and for Hack for this week. Enjoy your weekend. Have a great few days. I'll be back on Monday. I'll catch you then. See ya. Hack on Triple Jack.
3: Dee Salmon here sliding into your podcast feed to let you know that the Hookup podcast has all the sex and relationship content you need. Honestly, you need us in your life. Join us each week as we talk all things love and f***ing like this. Foreplay is also
2: there so that you have great sex. Like, I don't know about anyone who's given themselves an orgasm in two minutes. Like, it's fine. It's the fast food of orgasms.
3: That's the hookup. If you like hack, you'll love us. Get us wherever you get your pods.